Hello and welcome to The Exit presented by Flippa. I am your co-host Steve McGarry here. And on this special episode, I sit down with Yaro Starek. He is an incredible entrepreneur, the co-founder of Inbox Done. But before we get into this really powerful interview, definitely be sure to check out my previous interview with Melissa Kaufman, the co-founder of The Garage at Northwestern. It's a really great interview. We talk a lot about the research around young entrepreneurs and some of the characteristics that really pop out early on. So definitely check that out with some of the links that are in the show notes here and description wherever you're listening to this. So jumping into today's interview, Yaro is an amazing entrepreneur that has bought businesses and sold businesses. He's done great content. That's actually how I found out about him was Googling around and I found that he was one of the top ranked bloggers about buying and selling businesses. And now, and right now, Yaro is a co-founder of Inbox Done. He coaches entrepreneurs and anyone who's selling an online training or an info biz, he takes their business to the next level. Definitely check out all of the links to Yaro's blog as well as you know his online training and things like that in the show notes in the description wherever you're listening to this podcast. So without further ado, let's jump into my interview with Yaro. What's up, everybody? I am here with Yaro Starek, the founder of Yaro.blog. How you doing, Yaro? I'm good, Steve. Thanks for having me. For sure, for sure. So I actually came across Yaro's blog uh, quite some time ago when he was talking about buying and selling websites part-time. And that piqued my interest because not only are you emphasizing the part-time aspect, but you're also emphasizing some high six-figure numbers. So we had to jump onto the podcast and talk about how you kind of look at doing this part-time. So before we get into that, let's kind of go over your story, Yaro. Like how sure. how did you get into this this space? Yeah, it's, it's a long story now. I, I started in, in 98. So there's 22 years of various internet businesses there that I could talk about. But um, the, the website buying and selling story is, is very much connected to uh, my, my kind of start, startup phase for my experience online because I was uh, initially just you know, a young guy trying to figure out how to make a living on the internet, just playing with it. And that led to starting a, a hobby website um, about a card game called Magic the Gathering, which is still extremely popular nowadays. Now it's a, an online game with a you know, professional tournament league. But back then I was playing uh, with friends and, and at some tournaments as well. So, you know, that was a typical kind of like a magazine website content. I was writing content. Other people were writing. Um, loved it for like, you know, two or three years. Uh, then I kind of lost interest in the game and moved on to uh, an essay editing company. It was sort of like my first, I call it my, my first real business um, because that's the first business that I made a full-time income from. And I focused on that after graduating from university back in uh, Brisbane, Australia. So I kind of got into it because of both those websites. I mentioned them both because the magic one was the first website that I actually sold. Um, and it was the first site that I kind of experienced or even contemplated the idea that a, a website is an asset, a piece of property that you can sell. So that was kind of like a, an aha moment. And, and I'll be honest, this was so early that the, the Flippo was called the site point marketplace. So for the, the real oldies, they'll know why that was. <laughs> um, and that's uh, not where I actually sold it. I, I'm not even sure if I knew about that uh, website yet. 
so the idea of buying and selling websites was very nascent. Like there, I don't think anyone was talking about it as like a, a thing you can do. Uh, it's certainly the big companies were being sold all the time, you know, but um, you know, not, not sort of like me owning a hobby website. And I sold that eventually to a person who was in my community. So they were uh, a reader of the website, uh, a person who traded cards. I had a little forum where people were buying and selling and trading cards. So, you know, I won't share the whole story of how that got sold, but basically, you know, found this buyer, concluded the deal. I made like $13,500 from selling a website that kind of made me about $500 a month. So I was um, really happy, especially because I was moving on from the topic, but more so it's the most money I'd ever made in, in one transaction. You know, prior to that, I had part-time jobs and you know i'd make that much money in, in one year of, of working um, and that opened my eyes to it so you know as i uh, grew my editing company there was always this potential as well Ooh, i could sell this business um you know at some point it wasn't necessarily my my first goal uh but you know fast forward five years and i was uh actually running um another business the one you mentioned now i was in the blogging space uh, and I was just really getting into that. I still had this essay editing company. It was paying me just a basic kind of salary. It's sort of an entry-level uh, income source. Um, and I was like, you know what? I love blogging, and I love that space and teaching and podcasting and you know being a content creator. And I saw that as my future. So again, I was like, I should just exit this uh, essay editing company. And that's when I you know started looking for a, a buyer for that as well. But while that was all happening, and this is sort of overlapping stories here, I did really get into um, SitePoint, which by then had been rebranded to, to Flippa, as we all know it today. And uh, there was this period for a couple of years where I was like um, running a blog, running, you know, own the essay editing company. And then I'm like, this is crazy. You know, I, I've, I've got some spare cash. What could I invest in? I love the idea of you know buying websites. So I don't know if you want me to continue, but I can then talk about my first purchase of a website as well, which kind of happened randomly. I'm not not through Flippa, but it was again another uh, eye-opening moment that you're not just can I sell these assets, but a, a website is a piece of property. But it's not just that; it's potentially a new customer source for an existing business or a new revenue stream as a new startup business you buy. Um, so there's all kinds of benefits I hadn't really thought of at that kind of granular level. And like you said at the start, I I kind of never thought, huh? You know, people take money that they're earning from whatever they're doing. It could be their job, it could be their small business. And they invest that money, whether it's buying a property with a mortgage or putting into stocks. And I remember, actually, it's funny, I read, um, I think, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad for the first time, the, the very famous book uh, that kind of pushes a lot of people towards property investing. And I remember reading that. And one of the points was like, you should invest where you want to spend the time to develop your knowledge or you already have some kind of knowledge and skill set. And I'm like, hmm, well, I'm not really interested in learning about the suburbs of where I live and, you know, the property, you know, demand, supply, rent, all that kind of, it was all physical, real world property. But I loved websites. And I'm like, well, if I kind of follow the advice of this book, I should invest in an area where I have knowledge, which at that time, I'd spent a good almost 10 years then, uh, essentially growing websites, managing websites, building little teams to run websites for me. So that's when I thought, well, I should invest there. And that's when I started really using Flippa. Nice, nice. And in terms of that, I like that you touched on, you know, 
literally that one transaction was a year's worth of part-time salary. And I think that's a great kind of segue into what do you think is the, the, the first step that a lot of people need to get over when they're, let's say someone listening to this has a blog that they've been managing. It makes a couple hundred dollars a month for, with your example. What is the first step to getting ready to sell that, uh, that project that they've been building over time? You know, did you put together anything like a package you, know, that you were going to offer to buyers out there? What would you say for a beginner that was listening in? What would that initial step be to get ready? Yeah, that, that's an important question. And, you know, it, it evolved for me over time as I got more practice at uh, both being on the buyer side and seeing what information other sellers provided and, and then being on the selling side. You know, that first time when I sold my card game website, obviously, you know, it, I, I didn't have guides. I, there was nothing out there that was sort of teaching you how to sell a website. So it was very much... Uh, making it up as I went along. And I, I definitely produced a basic prospectus style document, which to be honest, was more like an, an email um, detailing important things. And and for me, it was a logical decision to think, okay, if I was going to buy this website, what would I care about knowing? So I, I really thought about, you know, the shoes of my potential buyer. And I thought, well, I know everyone cares about income first, obviously, you know, what is the income? How is the income produced? You know, most important questions there. And in your mind as a buyer, you're thinking, can I do what I what it's stated that is needed to do to keep that income going? So for me, it was not just this website makes 500 a month. It's 500 a month because you're publishing an article a week and you're, you know, dealing with questions in the forum, moderating, you know, there's these tasks that keep the business going. So I kind of wrote all that out. I talked about how it makes money. Some of it was advertising. Some of it was selling. Um, cards themselves, um, talked about the management of it, you know, mentioned little things like there was some volunteer writers. So the content didn't have to be only on the owner's side. There was other people willing to write. Uh, and then I talked a little bit about kind of like, you know, a day in the life of the owner. So you can kind of experience. So when you wake up, you know, you might have to respond to a few emails, um, you know, check in with, uh, your, your ad revenue, um, might be some questions like a moderation needed in the forums, uh, deleting some spam posts, that sort of thing, and just kind of outlining all of that. And then that, you know, and I'll be honest, that was kind of basically it. Uh, the other hard part for me was how much to sell it for. You know, again, there was no kind of guides for coming up with the price. So I literally pulled this number of three times the yearly profit is what I would try and sell it for. So at the time, it kind of made about 5000 uh, a month if I, you know, took out the, the small expenses I had. Oh, obviously you have to list expenses as well. Like how much does it cost to run the website? So server costs, um, is there any software you're paying for that sort of thing? Uh, and, and that was it. And it was really just a case of circulating that information to people who are actually ready showing interest, not people who are like randoms. You just wouldn't send it everywhere because it's kind of private, but anyone who emailed back after I reached out to them and said, yeah, I'm actually interested I'd pass that on. And then the next step would obviously to get on a phone call and continue that discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well said, uh, like a prospectus. Yeah. That. <laughs> and obviously that got more advanced over time, you know, the, yeah. and that was a smaller website as the, the value of the asset got bigger and more detail had to go into that prospectus, better presentation and, and so on. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Cause it's, it's almost smoothing the transaction out even more because people can see this is the exact amount of time investment I'm going to need to make in 
acquiring this asset and bringing it on. So the easier that you can make that, um, you know, the, the better and the, and the faster the transaction. That's really, really pretty impressive that you did that. Cause there, there wasn't a rubric back then, you know, mm -hmm. there wasn't anyone really talking about it that much. And I think that that's really cool that you, you managed to, to put that together all on yeah. your own and, and get that into the hands of, of a buyer. And I like that they were from your community too, mm. for the first site. I think that speaks a lot to, um, you know, how you were doing the, the sourcing to find a buyer. I think that that's really cool. And one constant that I think you might like that I've, I've seen across all these conversations is people bring up what you touched on, which is one business that you could buy could facilitate a need of a bunch of other businesses that you have or one business you, you currently own. If you bought a new one, it could facilitate your portfolio, however you, um, you see fit. Right. And I think that that is something that everyone has mentioned. <laughs> so clearly there's a, there's a, a trend there where it's a, an alternative mindset that you're coming into it with, or you say, if I have a, uh, let's use the example of magic, the gathering, because I like that. I have a, a, a card trading exchange or marketplace. I'm going to buy a Magic the Gathering blog because it just makes sense the people that are reading that blog will get value from my current business. And I think that that's a really great mentality of how to go out and look for something that you could add as like a, an additional revenue stream for a current business. And, uh, you know, depending on the size of your business, I think you could do smaller acquisitions and things like that. But when you, when you did the, the jump into this, um, what was the, the kind of big barrier? Cause I know you've created quite a lot of great content around helping people do this. What did you see was the kind of restricting, uh, element to, to getting into this space? Was mm. it people that were nervous about the amount of money that it cost them to get involved? Was it uh, the diligence aspect? Like they were worried about getting something that they couldn't turn around if it was trending downward. What was, what was your experience with that? Was it um, with people signing up for your, your course or, yeah. or reading your content? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a long time as I've been, you know, talked to people over the years and it's funny, no matter what year um, I, I talked to the same question would be, uh, the first fear as you're talking about the kind of stumbling block and it, it's always well there's too much competition you know like especially mm -hmm. when we all know about flippa so we all go to flippa and everyone thinks well if anything good comes up they just won't have a chance to get it because someone else will will get it i had the same fear even the first time i went in there and that was you know a long time ago uh, and i think it's funny because it, it is something that you would experience for me 10 years ago the first time i'm going in Five years later, five years after that, there's always competition. You know, there's always uh, interest in something that's valuable, like a, a website. What I think is a, a natural, maybe um, like a, a strategy, which you just talked about, really, it, to dealing with that is the fact that you can see value in an asset where others can't. Uh, and this is obviously an analogy for physical property buying as well. You know, the, the fixer upper is, is this kind of diamond in the rough for certain people, but other people like, I don't want to do that. So I, I went into my own experience like when I started looking for websites, thinking that way going, I'm, I have a strategy to look for a type of website 
it gives me an advantage to go after, but not just an advantage, just a comfort zone. Because at the end of the day, we're talking about fear here. Like you're, you're afraid other people will beat you to it. You're afraid you'll buy the wrong website. You're afraid the money will disappear as soon as you take over it. But that was sort of one of my biggest fears the first time I bought a website was that I buy it, I look at it, and then I check the income and the day after I bought it, it goes to zero or goes you know, for 50% less than what the, the person claimed or showed me when I, when I you know, looked at their perspective. So um, and I think for me, that's why looking for a type of website or a system that I understood uh, was, was a big part of the strategy and I think still should be. And even if you take a step back before that, if you don't have an answer to that question, like if I said to you, what type of website are you comfortable with? Like, do you like uh, an advertising focused website or a physical product like an e-commerce website or a website that's a blog, a content driven website, um, or even just like, you know, what's the, the monetization strategy? Are you good with affiliate marketing? If you don't have an answer to that, then that's probably the first thing to do is get some experience there, which you could do by investing in a website. I mean, that's one of the great things is you don't have to enter like I did buying a, a multiple thousand website, you can buy a, a, a $1,000 website, you know, spend that, that savings you might save up over a few months and buy a starter website. Maybe it doesn't have much income at all, but it, it's got traffic. It's, it's doing something that you can then look at. Cause I think for a lot of people, they've never owned a website that actually has traffic and has an audience that, you know, people are react to. So just owning an asset that does that and seeing how it does that, checking the Google analytics, you know, seeing if there's an email list that's growing, just these basic metrics, you go, okay, I understand how this works. I maybe I start to learn a bit about the, the target audience as well. Hopefully there's, there is some revenue, even if it's small, it's like, oh, I see we're making $50 a month from selling advertising or something like that, or selling this affiliate product. Um, then it's like, oh, okay, learning, getting comfortable. And, and that's basically what I did, but obviously my training was the running of my magic card game website and then the running of my essay editing business and then the running of my, my blogging business. So for me, like to deal with that fear and as a strategy to have an advantage. And when I say that, it's not just an advantage for your own comfort zone. It's an advantage to bid against other people because that's ultimately what you're afraid of is the competition. If you feel like you have a strategy in place so you know how to run this website or you can slot it into your portfolio and immediately have a runoff benefit, which just to give a practical example, as a person who had a blog at the time, still do, but had a blog back then very much focused on advertising and affiliate marketing, I knew if I bought another blog on a similar topic, if it had X audience, it probably meant X dollars increase in advertising and affiliate sales. Not guaranteed, mm -hmm. but I felt comfortable with that. So to me, that meant I could you know, potentially bid a little higher than other people who were maybe brand new to that space and go after that type of website. So that was one of my strategies, looking for blogs. My other strategy, ties all the way back to my card game website. I had a forum, as I mentioned earlier, it was a trading card forum. People bought, sold and traded cards. And I loved the fact that they would go back to that website every day and I'd make money from advertising because they just would create page views. They, they were traffic basically. And it was uh, user generated content. So my goal besides looking for blogs was looking for forums, uh, user generated content websites. So that's kind of like the start of my, my, official flipper strategy um, at that time. So obviously there's a story I could share there, but that, that was kind of like the way I dealt with that common fear. And I think it's great advice for someone who's new is find an area where you can have a, a comfort zone and advantage 
so you feel comfortable making a higher bid perhaps or you know going after only a certain type of website yeah and what what was the the initial strategy you touched on it there what was the initial strategy that you were going into flippa with yeah so i i, I experienced just before flippa like i said I, my first purchase was actually um, not on flippa so i had um you know the sale of the card game business then I got into blogging. And while I got into blogging, I met other bloggers virtually, so to speak. Uh, and there was a guy named Michael who, who had a, a blog about small business. And uh, one night I was just talking to him on the chat platform. And he said he's thinking of getting out of this topic and wants to sell his blog. And honestly, um, I would not have thought of buying it if A, it didn't match the same niche. I was in the business space. He had a business blog. Um, B, I had experienced selling my card game business, so I kind of knew how that transaction process worked. You know, how do you hand over money for buying a website? You know, what due diligence do I really need to look at? Um, so I went to bed thinking, I'm going to make an offer for this. Um, I, I had him hand me the same information that we just talked about. You know, how does it generate revenue? How much does it generate? What's the daily day in the life of owning this, this website, this blog? Um, and, and it was totally familiar to me. It's like, you got to publish some blog posts. It makes some money from advertising and affiliate income. And uh, that's it. You know, and then I knew it was on WordPress and all these sort of nuts and bolts components, my comfort zone as a blogger. So I, I woke up the next day and said, listen, I want to make an offer. Um, uh, it was, I think, $2,000 at the time was definitely a low ball offer if we think about today's kind of numbers. Mm -hmm. But at the time, there were not any kind of examples to, to look at. And it was funny because we, we ended up doing the deal. He said, you know, I, 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 it was like, maybe 300 a month in revenue. So, um, you know, it was a good deal from, for, for me, but he was also happy to do it because he wanted to make sure the site continued in good hands to, to quote, you know, what he was looking for. So we did that transaction and then I wrote about it on my blog saying, Hey, I just bought a blog and you know, this is what's happening. And then, then I had other blogs write about the fact that I had acquired a blog. It was like one of the first ever, you know, mergers of two blogs in my space. So it, it turned into a press event, which would never happen today because it's obviously so commonplace. But back then it was kind of like a, you know, it's, it's when eBay and PayPal merged. It was like my blog and this other blog merged kind of situation. Um, and that was great. But then, that made me realize, obviously, you know, I took over the website, I saw my income remain stable, and I was able to increase it. And, you know, I ha had some other challenges running two blogs confused me in terms of which blog do I write content for, because they're similar topics. And I eventually brought on other writers to make that somewhat, you know, more clear for me. But more than anything, it was like, okay, this is an awesome uh, revenue generating strategy. So that's when I said, I'm going to start watching Flippa for two things blogs about business so I can do a repeat of what I just did is plug it in, make more advertising, put a team in place to produce content, have a manager. And I was already uh, eyeing someone to potentially be the, like my, my asset manager who would look after all the websites that I would buy. I had strategies for increasing revenue, uh, which just came about from running my own blog, knowing I could, you know, charge more if I put the banner here or, you know, look for additional advertisers, create more banner spaces and so on. And then, my second strategy was to go looking for forums just because I love that user generated content aspect. Um, wasn't caring about the topic so much. It was the structure of the website. It was a forum, an active community, uh, a certain number of new posts every day was like my core metric I was looking for. I wanted to make sure it was healthy and alive. 
So then I just started literally um, every day waking up and logging onto Flippa and just looking at the new listings and <laughs> trying to find myself uh, and, and, you know, get in there quick because that's the thing. I remember I, I missed one deal because I was too slow. You know, I, I literally was there and then it, it was gone within 24 hours. So I knew from that point forward, if I saw something that the numbers look good on, on the listing on, on Flippa, make an offer like straight away. You got to get in there fast. Yeah. Yeah. Love the community and forum approach. I think that's, that's really smart. Um, really smart. And it's a great example of how you, a $2,000 deal. I mean, the, the average mom and pop investor has that, you know, amount of money sitting around on average and they could easily do something like that, hire somebody maybe on Upwork or freelancer or something like that to help with the content generation and you have like you said stable and then increased income because you started very much what i was mentioning before you had a blog and then you acquired another blog and that generates more more income so really love that strategy i think that's that's really cool because it, yeah and it was a press event because it was uh, in a niche and there weren't many acquisitions in that niche so it makes sense that there was a nice little bump yep. there from that was <laughs> made me famous for one day anyway. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, that's a good transition into what you're working on now. So I, I did get a chance to go through your your blog and see that you're helping entrepreneurs create online courses. Is that, mm. is that right? Yeah. Well, I should I just tie up the bow here of, of the buying and selling story just uh, quickly because I know we're running low on time. Um, I did end up buying a forum inside Flippa. Just to, to clarify, I, I ended up, um, I upped my my game. I actually bought a, a $12,000 uh, collection of two forums and a, a content site nice. on a topic of miniature motorcycles. So uh, that was a really uh, cool experiment in the sense that I had no interest in the topic. I don't, if people don't know, these are like proper motorcycles that you ride, but they're maybe two thirds smaller than a full size bike, but there's a huge community of them. And, and in this case, it was uh, an Australian focused community, which mm -hmm. was an advantage for me because I was at the time based in Australia and I was able to kind of connect with the buyer in the sense that this will be an easier transaction from one Australian to another, same time zone, same sort of company structure, easy to transfer ownership, that sort of thing. So, um, the only thing that was scary was I was investing $12,000, not $2,000. So it was a little jump ahead uh, in that case. But I went through with the transaction and followed the, the blueprint, you know, and increased the advertising revenue once I took over, um, put a manager in charge of the website and added it to my portfolio, which by then was like, you know, essay editing company, um, two blogs, and then adding these miniature forum sites as well. And, and then to sort of really complete the picture, I ended up selling all of these, except for my, my blog website. I sold the essay editing company. Uh, I sold the, the miniature motorcycle forums. You know, a few years later, I, I let the revenue come in. It was, I, I wouldn't call it passive, but it was very hands-off because I had a manager in place. So that's when I called it a side hustle. It really was, I wasn't like trying to do a deal a month or anything like that. I'd, I'd done a couple of good deals. They were working really well. I improved the revenue. I put a team in to automate it, but my mind was all in, I'm a blogger. I'm creating content. Like you said, my, what I do today and what I've been doing for many years, I have courses on how to uh, essentially sell uh, using uh, blogs and email lists. That's, that's my kind of bread and butter. It's what I've got a skill set in now for over a decade. So I was there doing that as my day-to-day -day business, writing articles, delivering the course, 
teaching on webinars. Meanwhile, there's these little assets to the side, which I would just check in with the manager and, you know, hey, what was, how are things going? Are you implementing the ideas we had in our last call? Some worked, some didn't. Uh, I shared some income with, with him because he, you know, obviously need to get paid for managing them, but it, it made it such a side gig for me. And it, I loved it because it felt a little bit like a mogul, you know, your little tiny bit of Warren Buffett where you're buying your own assets like that. And <laughs> I was doing what I loved every day, which was teaching and coaching and, and, and writing about how to make a, an information a publishing business uh, and, and then I was just funneling money into those when I could eventually the reason why I sold everything was I actually just wanted to get the capital out of those uh, businesses and I bought a house I bought a car so I, I went on a bit of a selling spree you know after doing a buying spree it's like okay let's sell the essay editing company which went for over a hundred thousand I sold the, the community of forums for double what I paid for. It was like 25, I think it was actually $30,000 when I sold those and same, I sold the second blog as well. So everything was gone within about four years after acquiring them. But uh, it was amazing. And it, it, honestly, if I wasn't so passionate about blogging and teaching and coaching on the topics that I have for the last 10 years, I would have still been buying and selling, I'm sure, or buying and just holding probably because I think it was such a great strategy um, that you can still do today. You know, if it's your main thing, great. If it's a side hustle, possible as well. Uh, you don't have to hold 10 websites. You can hold one and just have that as an income stream. But great strategy. I still love it, especially for people new. If you just don't know what topic you want to get into or what, what product you want to sell, just head on over to Flippa and, you know, you've got just examples in front of you and you go, okay, would I like to sell, you know, this set of knives on this e-commerce site or, you know, would I like to write about how to do home decor on this blog and, you know, sell affiliate products? What, what would be the, the role that I would enjoy? So I think that's a great thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. It just really stimulates the creativity around just business in general or online business. And what you mentioned earlier, I really liked about the aha moment when you acquire something that's, let's say, getting 100,000 views a month to someone who's never had an active audience before it really starts the creative wheels turning where you're like, whoa, all these people all of a sudden care what I have to say and I now own this asset. So just the revenue streams in your mind just start churning and it yeah. really can generate a lot of great, um, great additional streams of income because you, you have these active and, and kind of vibrant communities that you're acquiring and you are forced to learn. That's huge. Yeah. That's, that's when the rubber hits the road, as they say. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, you know, thanks for tying the bow on the, on the entire like four year journey. That's fantastic that you exited all of those. And then now you're focused on the, the teaching people how to generate email lists through blogs and sell courses and things like that. Um, so is that the, that's the primary business that you're focused on now? Where can people go and, and learn more about it you know I, to be honest after 20 years there's more than one business and i'm the actual business i'm well and truly focused on right now is i i won't talk too much about it it's called inbox done we, we do email management for people so that's inboxdone.com okay. um, but i'm still very much uh, writing my blog and and that's kind of like my my face online at, at yarrow.blog uh, y-a-r-o you can just google that you'll find it that way as well and um all my content on buying and selling websites and businesses is there. So if you just look for that category, you can just go through the history on that blog. And of course you can check out everything else I do uh, there as well. Yarrow.blog. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on Yarrow. Really inspirational story. 
love the idea of starting in something like Magic the Gathering, <laughs> working your way all the way up to six-figure exits. I think that's, that's fantastic. But thanks so much for coming on and sharing your story. Uh, thanks for having me. I love talking about this topic. So good luck, everyone. Thank you so much for listening through to the end here of this episode of the Exit Podcast. Yaro is an incredible entrepreneur who has done many, many great things for helping others when it comes to taking their, their online training to the next level. So if you have not yet, definitely check out the links in the show notes on the Flippa blog, as well as wherever you're listening to this, there will be some links so that you can go check out his blog, Inbox Done, and some of the projects that he's been working on so you can get to know a little bit more of what he was talking about in the episode. If you guys are brand new here, definitely hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment on future guests that you'd like to see on the show. And we have some amazing interviews coming in the next couple of days here. So definitely stick around, hit the subscribe button, and I will see you guys on the next episode of The Exit. <laughs>